It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Okay, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where we're men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA 102.3. 106.5 FM, 1050 AM, and all over the internet. Guys, guys, radio. We've got a great show for you this evening. We've got two women guests who have done a lot of work in the areas of helping people. And uh, one of them is going to talk about those, those nasty habits that some of you ladies have out there where you keep falling for the guys who aren't available. Did you know that 90% of the time when guys even leave their partner for you, it's not going to work out? That's one of the statistics I looked up. It's pretty amazing. But imagine if you could avoid all those unavailable guys, whether it's they're physically unavailable or emotionally unavailable. Well, Dr. Marnie Foyerman is going to be here to talk to us about a book she's written on the topic. It's called Ghosted and Breadcrumbed. You know those terms. Stop falling for unavailable men and get smart about healthy relationships. Our second guest is going to uh, address a, uh, another uh, issue that I think we all have. Were you aware that 80% of people live in a state of stress, anxiety, and despair, and they just keep living a Xerox copy of their lives every day, and they don't take the time to step back and say, what am I here for? What is my soul's agenda? Imagine if you could learn the one word that it takes to be on the path to finding out why you're here and what your soul agenda is all about? Well, we've got just a guest for you. Annie Anderson is going to be here also, and she's going to talk about her book, Find Your Soul's Agenda, the one word that will make your whole life a success. So we've got a great show for you on Guys Guys Radio. What I like to do here is I know there's a lot of seekers in the audience, whether it's men or women, uh, we want more information. We want more than what the mainstream media gives us, and we want to learn more. So what I do is I go out and find the people I think that have something that might add value to your lives, and then it's up to you to determine if there's something you want to fold into your how you roll, how you live, or, or not. That's up to you. I'll just bring you the guests, and I'll make sure that they answer the questions that you would ask them, because the way I ask questions is I imagine myself as a listener and say, hey, I wish that host would ask this guest this question. So I do my best to be your audience advocate, and uh, we'll see what type of information we can get out there to learn so we can all uh, live our best lives. So that's what Guys Guys Radio is all about. So I thank you for being uh, with me on KCAA and across the Internet, and we've got a great show for you this evening. Okay, we're on Guys Guys Radio. As mentioned, we have a very special guest, Dr. Marnie Foyerman, and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's also a licensed clinical social worker, as is my wife. She maintains a private practice and offers workshops focused on relationship issues, marriage, infidelity, dating, divorce. She's a nationally recognized relationship and marriage expert, and she contributes all over the online media outlets, and I think her book is going to really blow up her business in a really good way. Um, her name, once again, is Dr. Marnie Foyerman, and the name of the book, which is a very provocative title, Ghosted and Breadcrumbed, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. And it's a, 
you know, it's some tough love for the guys and for the ladies, and I really admire what she's doing because of this. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Dr. Marnie. Thank you. It's great to be here. All right. Let's just start at the beginning. What was your, uh, I know your practice and everything, but what was your inspiration to say, I've got to write this book? Why is this book so important to you? Because I can tell by reading it that, you know, you really, you really took this seriously. It's a serious topic and uh, people need help. Yeah, I mean, partly my own personal experiences, of course, you know, that that tends to happen, but also just writing online, writing blogs and articles, and the ones that got a tremendous amount of views and shares, um, the data told me that people were really interested in this topic. And we know that people tend to, you know, when they struggle a lot with relationships, and we know that uh, relationships, particularly romantic ones, are so important to us. We want to find someone that we feel like we can you know, be with the rest of our lives and fall in love with. And so when people struggle, it is, um, it's, it's very painful for people. And so they're looking for answers. And, um, and I think I got the data that told me that this was a very appropriate topic um, Another piece of it is in my in my clinical practice, um, I would when I, I would see a lot of couples, and I work of I, I like to work with couples, and I would see how much the men would really struggle with this, and then mm-hmm. I would watch the women just twisting themselves into pretzels, trying to connect with their men, um, and and trying to understand why they don't communicate more on a deeper, more intimate and emotional level. And we know that that women are often the ones that end up filing divorce and leaving men, right. yep. um, even after a long-term marriage. You know, it's like they're very uh, focused on the house, the kids, they're occupied, and then, then the kids leave the house and they don't feel they have anything with their, with their spouse. And it's really sad that women are finally turning to the to their husbands and saying, I, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I want out. And the men are left feeling completely shocked um, and blindsided. But yes. all along, these women were feeling as if they were lacking this emotional connection with their spouses. And so I just would, were, I started to just see all of these problems. And I know that obviously choosing a right partner from the beginning is so important, and I felt like I could offer some help in that regard. Um, like you said, I mean, the book is geared towards women, and I w- again, I would love for I would love for men if they read the book. I think they would get a lot out of it, and I would love to write a book for men. But as you're noticing, um, would the men actually buy that book? <laughs> would they read it? Would they seek um, this kind of help? Uh, you know, because they they generally tend not to. But I think it would it would definitely be so helpful for men to start really looking at this and um, seeing maybe their role in the problem and developing more self-awareness around it so that they can truly uh, connect on an intimate level uh, with their partners. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the book is about men's availability. In the title, it's uh, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. So what... Is this a, in your opinion, and and unavailability is, I guess, physically being there and also, but more importantly, probably emotional unavailability. Has Do you think this has always be, been an issue or is this something that's more prevalent nowadays in, in our culture? And, and and if so, does technology play a role in that? I, th- I think it's always been 
somewhat of an issue because I think men and women can be socialized very differently in that regard. I think women, um, it's much more acceptable to show emotion, to be relational, uh, to prioritize relationships. They're usually, you know, long ago, they were pretty much always the ones to stay home with the kids um, and nurture those relationships and connect and, and develop those bonds with their children. And that comes from having uh, that, that emotional foundation. Um, so I think things, are, things have been changing in terms of the expectations. Um, so we know that gender roles have, uh, try, we, we're trying to really balance them out more. Relationships are more egalitarian. And so we're expecting men to shift away from just expressing themselves and their love in, in maybe just a physical way or a task-oriented way or, um, or not, you know, not necessarily just based on achievement and things like that. And so the roles have been maybe even a little confusing, um, but I think because it's balancing out, women are starting to expect this from their partners. You know, we know men do involve themselves much more now in parenting and the childcare and um, so things are moving in in the right direction with that. Um, but I still think men struggle with what it means to be truly emotionally available and express themselves um, emotionally and take those risks in love and asking for help and depending on somebody and all of those things. I think there's still some struggle there. There's actually a term that uh, one psychologist uh, coined calls it normative male alexithymia because he was seeing it so frequently, just the struggle that men would have to know their emotional selves, know how they feel inside, be able to articulate it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's become so common that we're just saying, hey, this is kind of normal, but we know it doesn't, it doesn't serve men well it, and it definitely doesn't serve them well when they're trying to have a healthy relationship with a partner. We know women live longer, uh, you know, because they can express themselves (laughs) emotionally. Uh, They can connect. They can ask for help. And we know that men who are in in these um, long-term healthy marriages, they live longer. They do better. They're healthier. So we know there's something to that. We know that that we should be valuing um, this emotional connectivity. Uh, and um, and but but there's still a struggle with well how do I do this and how do I get there and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, well let's let's put the guys aside for a minute. Let's talk about the you know the core of the book is really you're 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 helping women out and it seems like there's this age old issue of women falling for the unavailable guy, which to me is a there's some type of flaw there. Like why does that keep happening? You know, it's either the bad boy or the the guy who's married and. Um, or in another relationship, and and that just seems timeless. And um, what is it in women that makes them fall for unavailable men? That that's a good question. Yes, I do see that a lot. Uh, I think women t- we tend to be caring and nurturing. We want to help change them. We want to fix. We see the potential. A uh, part of it could be that it feels like a challenge. Uh, sometimes I think women tend to feel sorry for these men. They feel some pity. Uh, they feel maybe even an obligation to help them with this, um, with this issue. 
Uh, and like you said, also maybe the bad guy, the bad boy. And, um, you know, there's some allure in that. danger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also we see... Excitement. Right, right. Excitement, danger. Um, we know even men who are, let's say, narcissistic. So they, mm-hmm. they're, they have a very good energy about them. Usually they're good looking. They're charismatic. They easily attract these women. Um, and so there could be a lot of chemistry there that people can, that someone can get caught up in. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this works, works both ways, but certainly with women. And so they think, oh, this is, this is the one and I'm supposed to be with them. And so they'll do whatever they can to make it work, even if it means putting their needs aside um, or not maybe acknowledging their needs and that it has to go both ways. Mm-hmm. And so they try harder and harder. Uh, and so they get really caught up in a very, uh, in a pretty bad, almost like a, I mean, I hate to use the word codependency. It doesn't, you know, it sounds, mm-hmm. a little, um, you know, derogatory, but sometimes, you know, that's what it is. It's just really out of balance with the woman giving, giving and giving um, and not getting in return. Because you, your book and what you do, you help people who've gotten into these situations. How can women better qualify men without interrogating them on early dates and so they stay kind of, they don't get caught in the honeypot, if you will. I say look at, um, I mean, definitely look at their behavior and listen to what they're saying and watch what they're doing. There should be um, consistency. There should be transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the person shouldn't evade questions. Uh, they, you know, they should be forthcoming um, they shouldn't have this sort of aloofness about them. Uh, and, and if, um, and if you're not, if it's not growing, if you're not, if you're not moving in the right direction, um, and if you're asking direct questions, I'm all for like direct communication. And I agree, um, it, these relationships take time to develop and you don't have to on the very first date be asking them a million, you know, questions because that's going to be a turnoff. Right. But I think it, it should be a slow, gradual movement in the right direction. And even as simple as a guy says, I'm going to call you at seven o'clock on Thursday night and they don't call. That's information. Right. And you got to take it in. You can't you can't make excuses for it and say, like, you know, oh, maybe he just got busy and I'm sure he's still I'm still on his mind and da da da. I mean, you don't want to do any of that stuff. And then if, if he calls in, you know, late and he's and he has like a legitimate reason for calling late, but he still calls. All right, so that's that's fine, that's okay. But you're going to re- really want to listen to what he's telling you mm-hmm. and do his behaviors align with what he's saying. Um, and it, and I think sometimes you can directly ask. And you and as a woman, I encourage the woman to speak about her her thoughts and feelings about it so if she if she doesn't like something i think it's okay for her to say hey mm-hmm. you know that doesn't really work for me you know yep, if you say you're going to call you don't call it bothers me i don't really like that you know please please don't please don't do that mm-hmm. and if he disregards it again listen pay attention to that it's all good information that tells you this is someone that you should continue with or this is someone that you should start telling yourself he's either not he's not that into you or maybe he is avoidant or checked out or not available or the timing is off. I mean, there's lots of reasons, but don't try harder. Do the women are always thinking the long game like I'm going to get him to change or I'm going to get him to leave his wife or I'm going to get him to leave his girlfriend? And, or 
or uh, nowadays are they occasionally into it like hey i'm just want i'm just here for some fast fun too i know from every relationship expert i've talked to particularly the women that women want men to be men in the best sense of the word not old school you know the woman is in the kitchen in the bedroom but they want men to be guys guys now emotional intelligent have integrity have a be strong but in, un, in an unassuming way a casual confidence comfortable in your own skin respectful uh, what what are, what are your thoughts on you know how ladies are kind of playing the game? What I want people to do is be clear on their goal. Mm-hmm. So at the get go, if you are looking for a serious relationship or commitment, uh, it's not the best idea to jump into bed and just bring the you know the sex into it early without knowing that um, like I, I don't want women to lead with that because. They may not get that commitment they're looking for, right. and they start to become really attached, um, and then they're very vulnerable to being hurt if they have had sex with the guy, and the guy really isn't interested in the relationship. So mm-hmm. if you're a woman and you're saying to yourself, I, I'm really stressed this week, and I just want to have sex, and that's, you know, and that's that, and get mm-hmm. off, that's fine. I mean, but as long as you know it, the person that you're doing it, with it, you know, knows that as well, and you're both on the same page. Um, but I think sometimes women will have sex, but they think they are, they're developing intimacy with that. Right. And I guess men could be doing that too, because they can, sh- they'll show it, let's say, more physically, more in that physical sense, um, as opposed to bringing some, you know, emotional piece to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just be clear on what you're looking for. And I prefer that people wait a little longer to make sure that the relationship is solid enough to sustain, um, you know, if you're going to add, uh, you know, if you're going to be sexual with that person, you've got to ask yourself, would I be hurt if it ended tomorrow? Like if we had sex right now and it ended the next day, how would I feel? I just yeah. want people to just ask themselves that question uh, and what they're looking for, and that sometimes the you know the timing can be really important, and you might be putting yourself in a really you know in a bad position to be hurt if you're going to be jumping into the bed bed with a person and not really clear, clearly defining what you're looking for and what they're looking for. Okay, great. Uh, Skies Guys Radio, your host Robert Manny. Our special guest is Dr. Marnie. Foyerman, her book, Ghosted and Breadcrumbed, Stop Falling for Unavailable Men, Get Smart About Healthy Relationships. Let's get back to uh, technology for, for a moment because, you know, the name of the book is Ghosted and Breadcrumbed, and those are some of the words that are bandied about today that have come out of our kind of online dating app culture um, where, you know, particularly like ghosting where people just disappear on you nowadays because I guess because they can. And I the thing that's scary about that is, People are doing that in business now and just in, in a non-dating situation. People like ghost other people and it's, it's really bad news. Can you talk to us a little bit about how technology is uh, impacting relationships and uh, this uh, emotional connections that we want to make with our partners? Yes, I think it's unfortunate. Like you said, it's made it a lot worse. I think it's increased the, um, the likelihood that it's going to happen because people can be pretty anonymous online it's Mm. not like you know you've if you've met them maybe out somewhere and you've actually seen them interacted with them you have some friends in common uh it's probably less likely to happen but if you just strictly meet somebody online um you're 
it's it's as if the empathy level has really dropped off, and I don't think that that bodes well, you know, for right. us as uh, as as people, um, you know, try trying to uh, have have a relationship, you know. So it's it's really not a good thing, and I hope people will become more mindful of the fact that it's it's really not a good way to treat somebody, and you don't have to make it this long elaborate reason you don't want to go out with them it could just be a very simple thing you say you know hey you know it was really nice to meet you I just don't see a future or I didn't feel the chemistry or you know and that's that keep it simple um but but to completely go somebody just you know it just doesn't feel good and and I want people to be more empathic in how they're treating others and sometimes I even hear about it happening when somebody's been dating even for like a couple months or a couple weeks and it's, you know, really shocking to just cut off all communication uh, and then leave somebody feeling just th- that sense of uncertainty, that sense of ambiguity. Um, it, it just, it really doesn't feel good. And so I would want people to really be careful about trying mm-hmm. not to do that to people. And then the other word in the title was was breadcrumbed which is just like stringing somebody along so you may not have any real intention of being with them or committing to them but maybe you want to keep your options open you want them to be the fallback person um, or you you know you just you just want them there but but you know there's no real future but maybe you even see that they're very interested in you and they really like you so you're really just playing a game with them and so again uh, it's just not a nice thing to do, and it's not the right thing to do. And I hope things start to shift with that. Got it. Um, how about you know? It, what I one of the things I got out of the book, and it was sad to me, is that the statistics seem to back up the fact that when a woman gets re- involved with a a guy who's in some type of committed relationship, and even if the guy leaves, it most of the the overwhelming majority of the cases. Although I know, we all know people who, they were married to somebody, they fell in love with somebody else, they're married, and they're like, what, what, what a great couple. But it seems like there's so many uh, roadblocks that are invisible roadblocks that people don't see uh, in these relationships and that they rarely work out. When, even if you get the guy to leave uh, and he's with you, then a whole new set of uh variable sets up you know you now you're with him all the time you see that he picks his toenails or or whatever that you didn't see before you only saw him on his best best behavior or um you know he was getting over his wife and you were a bridge and now he's over you and he wants a fresh start and all kinds of problems is uh, you seem very pessimistic and the data backs it up is there uh anything that people can do to uh to make things work when they see, like, I think this guy's the one for me, even if he's in the wrong relationship right now, and I, I can see it through. Or is that just fantasy land? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's usually the exception to the rule that it works out. And then the other element that I think makes it more likely to work out, if, let's say, somebody's married to someone else, and then you meet them while they're still married, mm-hmm. is if when they say that they're separated or they're getting divorced, that it's actually happening, that, and it's happening soon. So the person okay. really mm-hmm. is, the marriage is really over and they're just, they're just going through what, what they have to do to actually finalize a divorce and then they move on to you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily thrilled about people not really um, taking some time to reflect and process what happened um, mm-hmm. because we know that the, the divorce rate even for second marriages 
right. is even higher than right. the first. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think a lot of that has to do with people not figuring out what mistakes they might have made in the first marriage. And, you know, you can't divorce yourself. You're taking yourself into these next relationships. Right. Um, but in these other other types of relationships where the woman is, ha- is an affair partner with a man who's, who's married, um, sometimes they are just serving a purpose and the man wants to keep that woman strung along and engaged in the process because he's, he's get, having his cake and eating it too. Right, like side piece, right? Yeah, maybe he's able to tolerate. An un- and it's not that I don't believe that he's in an unhappy marriage, um, but he's using it to maybe just tolerate that unhappy marriage. Uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of these men are using the woman Mm-hmm. And because they're cheating, they're already proving to you that they're being dishonest uh, and that um, mm-hmm. they're h- able to hide something. They're able to compartmentalize really well. Those, those sorts of things aren't really, you know, really good traits. You want somebody who isn't very good at compartmentalizing because then right. they're going to be open and honest about things. And, and so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons that I, that I talk about in the book as to why it won't work out, and particularly if there's also kids involved, and um, and then you come in the picture right, right. after this divorce, mm-hmm. and then he has young kids, and you know right. th- they're really going to struggle. Um, it's not that everybody's going to accept this situation. So I just think you're dealing with a lot of external stressors uh, sometimes as well, and, and so I just I think that again, if it if it happens soon, that's one thing, but if you're finding that month after month, year after year, time is just going by and nothing is changing. This person is not leaving that marriage and really seeing if things mm-hmm. can you in, in real life, not fantasy. Like you said, a lot of it's fantasy. Um, and usually with this relationship, there's a lot of intensity because of the secretiveness and because you're not able to see that person often. So those relationships are often built on the fantasy and the chemistry so you're going to need that time together to see if it can really work. But I would say don't let year after year go by to see if that's going to happen and just believing the promises you're hearing because your life is passing you by. The name of the book is Ghosted and Breadcrumbs. Stop Falling for Unavailable Men and Get Smarter About Healthy Relationships. It's Guys Guys Radio. Our special guest is Dr. Marnie Foyerman. Um you mentioned uh, what happens sometimes when in, in a committed relationship where maybe uh, over time the woman, she's had kids and the sex drive goes down and guys are still like, they're still at, you know, the same mindset um, emotionally and physically as they were when they first met, where everything was kind of banging away, if you will, and um, things aren't happening anymore and the woman has, has, has lost the desire. They're just not interested in sex the same way. I'm not saying every woman yeah. by any means, because yeah. plenty of them are real interested, but uh, it, this can happen. What is a guy supposed to do in this situation where he loves his wife, they have a child or two or three, and she's just not, you can just tell, it's like, he doesn't want her to like, he doesn't want to have sex with her because he can t- at the point at a certain point because he can tell that she's just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah. a man supposed to do? Yeah, it's definitely not not a good situation. Uh, and, you know, I think what men tend to, to do, and this is just also from you know, just my observation and working with couples where this is the problem, they it's almost like the men start to hedge their bets here. They're, 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 um, it's like a no, an odds game. Here. So they know, okay, if I try every single night to 
have sex, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe I'll get it once or twice. But if he doesn't ever try, then it's probably not going to happen. Exactly. Um, so I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, which again, just ends up annoying. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a happy laugh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the spouse then starts to think, oh, he just, you know, that's all he cares about. And, right. but I don't think women really understand how important it is for men and that, um, they, there are feelings underneath there that men often do not express. And so the women aren't really getting what's going through the man's mind when, when they're not able to connect with their mm-hmm. spouses physically or their partners physically. And um, so I think if, if the man can articulate more um, what happens there, maybe his sense of rejection, his loneliness, um, his feelings of perhaps inadequacy uh, or something or maybe not good enough or just whatever's underneath the surface. Sometimes the um, they can get their woman to may- really hear them and hear what's happening and that it's not just about a physical piece, but they, they really, really miss it. And it really is affecting them in an emotional way. Um, and, and so I think if women can really hear that and take that in, often that will help because then it, the women shift and it's not just all about them. They realize that there's a real human being, you know, under there um, with, with feelings. And so, and I think women do have to step up more as well and, and realize that sometimes the, it's like the way that it happens for them gets kind of reversed. Whereas it used to be, they would feel desire and then want to want to have sex. Um, And so what tends to happen as they get older is that sometimes they need uh, actual physical touch and foreplay and things like that to then feel the desire. So, right. it, so it comes after. So the woman could be actually, you know, having sex and at first she's not thinking she wants it, but then she finds she's really enjoying herself. And I think women need to remember that and they need to know right. that they may not feel the desire at first that it's really, really important to keep that going in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they need to think about the men's needs as well in that, in that area. And I think women don't do that enough often. Okay, great, great answer. Uh, thank you. Um, last question. Um, you know, the, the, because of the data, uh, it, it paints kind of a picture where, you know, if guys don't get it, they just don't get it. And, um, you know, he can't, after, it's a manipulative move if after you've kind of blindsided the guy and he says, I'll pay attention. And then he's usually just doing that to, uh, you know, to, to get his way again. And then he'll go back to his own habits. But there's got to be, I had my, let me, let me put it, let me put it this way. I had my own epiphany. I got blindsided. And I, I believed, and I, I told my partner, I said, you know, I, you, I didn't hear, I'm a pretty good listener, and I didn't hear what you had to say about, you know, you're, you're not being happy about things. You had to do a better job. I'll take responsibility, but I don't think you did a great job. I can't read minds. And I, f- I think a lot of men feel that way. So it turned out to be a good thing that we broke up anyhow, because we, we didn't communicate the right way. But then I had an epiphany that said, I must be doing something right, and I must be doing something wrong, because I'd like to get into a long-term relationship. And then I had this V8 moment, if you will, and I said, I have to make room in my heart for somebody else. That's the problem, I'm being too, too selfish. And I think a lot of men fall into that. And just because we have so much going on and there's a lot of pressure on us and today's the role of men, we're not, we're not sure what we're supposed to be and everything. It's been, 
It's been very complicated for guys these days, although I think it's the best time ever for, for a man if you, you got your act together. But my point is, um, can a man kind of get it and realize that e- even if you're in a relationship now um, and say, okay, I'll do a better job, I'll pay attention. I'll give you a quick example of that. I went out with my, the woman who is my wife now. We went out three times and I said, wow, I'm having such a great time in this relationship. And I had other relationships and ultimately they didn't work out for various reasons. What do I need to do to, to be a good boyfriend? And she said, pay attention. I said, is that it? She said, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I've kept it in mind and it's helped me. Although, of course, I, I have, uh, you know, I revert to my old ways every now and then. But um, what is what can what's your best advice for men right now? What can they do to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that you outline in the book so they can be better partners, better communicators, not get blindsided and kind of have a happy life and get what they want without being completely turned inside out? Because guys, you know, they they protect their feelings a little bit and they don't want to just give it all up. They don't want to be completely open and vulnerable. So how can a man feel comfortable and still be a better listener, communicator, better partner? What's your advice? That's a great question. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably important to even just say what exactly emotional unavailability is because I'm thinking some men might be hearing that term and still kind of go, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so I think... Men can develop a lot of self-awareness, particularly around even going back to what what it looked like in their family. Was was it was there a warm atmosphere? Was it cold? Was there uh, did did their family allow emotional expression? Was there some kind of abuse? Was there neglect? Um, Were you fearful of the people that were supposed to be taking care of you? Um, So that's where I think men start to become shut down or disengaged or aloof or they don't want to go there because it, you know, to their inner feelings because it could be painful. And so they become very self-protective. And so they want to hide. They want to keep secrets. They don't want, they definitely don't want somebody thinking that they're inadequate in some way or not good enough um, or not lovable or worthy. So one tip, what's your best tip, doctor? Best tip. Best tip would be, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to develop an emotional skill set around that. Learn what your feelings are, how to experience them, and how to express them. Awesome. Because that's where the connection happens. And I think mm-hmm. that is how you're going to pay attention to and develop a deeper bond with your partner. Fantastic. Dr. Marnie Foyerman, great job. Ghosted and breadcrumbs. Stop falling for unavailable men and get smart about healthy relationships is the name of the book. Thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. Where can people find out more about you and the book? They can go to drmarnieonline.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-N-I-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. And they can get the book pretty, it's available everywhere. Certainly Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Great. All right. Thank you. Great job. I so enjoyed our conversation. Thanks. And uh, thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio and helping, helping the guys out. Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. 
All right, Guys Guys Radio, we have a special guest, Annie Anderson, and we're going to talk about finding your soul's agenda. You know, for a lot of us, uh, sometimes we don't know why we're here, what we're doing, but we're so busy, we kind of push that into the background. But imagine if there was a way, a methodology you could use to find out why you're supposed to be here. Well, we've got that for you with Annie Anderson. Let me tell you a little bit about her, and her book is called Find Your Soul's Agenda. The one word that will make your whole life a success. Uh, Annie is an MS and OT and LMT, CMP, CEMP, SBMC, and she's a creator of Find Your Soul's Agenda Process and co-creator of Sensation-Based Mindset Coaching. Her mission is to help people become conscious self-leaders who learn how to transform life's problems from the inside out so that they don't have to rely on substances food, the unnecessary use of pharmaceuticals or other addictions to try and fix their problem. That's a noble goal, and she's going to help us today. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Annie Anderson, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. All right. I don't know what MSOT, LMT. (laughs) (laughs) Alphabet soup. Yeah, but it sounds good. So congratulations on all your Thank you so much. So let's let's talk about this. I mean, one of the problems people have, and I want to start with you, uh, is uh, about your journey to uh, writing this book. You had a very interesting background, and uh, I know a lot of us, as I mentioned, we're so busy that we sometimes we forget, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Do I have a, a purpose? Is my purpose different than everybody else's? Are we just all the same? Is everything connected? Uh, yeah. Does it matter? And then all of a sudden, oh, I got to pay some bills. Uh And off we go. So your journey seemed to have taken a turn in 2002 when you and your husband at the time kind of fell for another couple. I don't know if it was separately or together. And then you guys switched and uh, you don't live in a huge community or anything. So, you know, it caused a stir. And I'm wondering, was that the insight? Because that really stood out when I was reading the book. Uh, Was that the kind of inciting incident that set you on the path to writing this book, Find Your Soul's Agenda? It absolutely was. It definitely stood out for me because it was crushing to have that happen in a tiny little town, lots of judgment, and um, my identity was crushed. I mean, my identity as a wife, as a mom, as a business owner, as a community member was basically annihilated and I needed to figure myself out from there. I needed to rebuild. So yes, it was absolutely okay. the impetus for the book. All right. And so what, uh, I guess uh, for our listeners, let's, let's really just break it down. What, what do you mean when you refer to the soul's agenda? Yeah. You know, there are these things that happen in life that are rough, like the thing that happened to me that we say to ourselves, like, gosh, it just feels like life is having its way with me. And that's why I decided to call this purpose process, find your soul's agenda, the soul's agenda. It's like, sometimes it just feels like life has an agenda. And so as I thought about that a little bit more, you know, it's like our our purpose here is to grow and evolve as human beings. And if that's true, then the soul really does have an agenda for us. Our mm-hmm. soul's agenda kind of as a collective, like you were saying, is to evolve. But each of us has our own unique soul agenda, too. So there's that duality there that we're individuals as well as part of the collective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so why is it so hard then for most people uh, to find out who who we are, what we are, how we can serve, and uh, 
and identify our individual soul's agenda. I think one of the reasons it's so hard for people to have these conversations is because we use language that we don't fully understand or ever stop to identify. For example, I had somebody say to me years ago, your purpose is to be unconditional love. And I I heard that and I was flattered at first and I thought, I don't really know what that means. You know, we toss around these words like authenticity, how do I be authentic, like like even the soul or or love, what does it even mean? And so with the soul's mm-hmm. agenda process, we do come up with a word that is your purpose word, but I have people describe and define that word for themselves. So for example, if your word, your soul's agenda word was, um, let's say flow, to be in the flow of life, then I would say to you, Robert, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? And you would define that word. So you actually knew what you were talking about. I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls with this kind of work is we toss around these big words and these esoteric concepts, but we don't actually take a a moment to stop and say, what does this word mean to me? What does Mm -hmm. this concept mean? Got it. I I did the process. It's in a book and it's a series of, uh, maybe you can talk about what that process is. I'll tell you what my word was. And then I got stuck for a moment, and then I started to work with the sentences, sentence templates that you laid out. So oh, tell, tell us, if you can, just the highlights of how you kind of get to that word that describes, uh, that's the core of, if you will, yeah. your soul's agenda. Sure. So it starts with a memory recapitulation process, as a lot of purpose courses do. You look back at your life and you think, what were the best memories? And I have them defined in three categories. Uh, your personal life, your childhood, and your professional life. So you do a memory recapitulation. What were the best memories in those certain categories in my life? And then you go through those memories and you say to yourself, how did this memory make me feel? And you write a big list of felt quality words. And after that, you go through and you take them two at a time and you eliminate down until you get down to one word that just feels like the right word for you. And that's I can't wait to find out your word, Robert. That is your soul agenda word. From there, like I said, we define the word for ourselves and we come up with a soul agenda statement. A lot Mm -hmm. of times I have people just start with a generic statement like my soul's agenda is to, and then you input your word and inspire others to feel the same because that's a great way to start with the process. Okay, I, I went through the process and I came up with the word. Um, truth. And uh, oh. to me, it makes, to me, that made sense. Uh, and I, I got a little stuck where as to where I go with it from there. But I always believe that we're, we're not creating anything new. What we're doing is we're searching for what already is. And mm-hmm. there's so much stuff that kind of gets in the way. So I came <laughs> to the word truth. And then I started writing out using your templates, uh, you know, what what that means. And it was about integrity, authenticity, wanting to bring that out to the world. It was very, very important to me based on my um, memories of my different situations, whether it be personal, professional uh, and life stages. Awesome. That's great. And then um, I'm curious to know, actually, I forgot about this part when I was describing the process, uh, what the polarity is of that for you. So we also describe what it feels like when we're not experiencing life like we like to experience it. So if you're not experiencing life in truth, what does that feel like to you? Uh, well, I, I could say false, but this doesn't feel, uh, doesn't feel real. Mm, it doesn't feel real. Awesome. So in life, we're going to have these moments in life where we 
experience life like we love to experience life and then we're also going to have these moments where we experience life like we don't love to experience life so one of the great ways to use the soul's agenda process going forward is to help us when we're in these moments where we are experiencing life and it's not like we really love for life to be showing up for us like for you if it feels false then you could say to yourself how can i find the truth right now And that would help you to uh, guide your behavior toward feeling like you want to feel more often. Mm -hmm. So whether it be um, choosing a a way to live, a relationship, a profession, you have to go inside to ask yourself, and in my case, is this this true for me? Does this feel right for me? Does this feel real for me? And if it doesn't, then I need to expand my purview, if you will. Is that so? That is exactly right. Yeah, people want to know how to answer the big questions in life. And I always start my clients off with some really simple things like, what do I want to have for breakfast? What do I want to do today? Like those (laughs) kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because when we get used to making decisions like that, then we can answer the larger questions like, should I uh, have this person as my life partner or what should my vocation be? Okay. What are some great great stuff here? What what are some of the... uh, things uh, that typically get in the way, because you've dealt with so many different clients, of people uh, connecting with, uh, aligning themselves to their soul's agenda? One of the biggest things is uh, blame. So let's say blame of the past, things that have happened in the past, a lack of acceptance or shall we say forgiveness for past things in life. That's one thing for sure that comes up. But more in the present moment, another thing that really shows up is a guilt specifically with women guilt shows up a lot um it prevents them from making decisions that they really really things they really really want to achieve um one of the things that i find with guys that shows up is uh, patience so the patience to instead of plowing ahead really be present with oneself and ask yourself like is this decision really in alignment with who i am mm-hmm what, how about shame? Because that was interesting when you, some of the things you laid out in terms of kind of obstacles, if you will, um, yep. shame, blame, guilt. Uh, who has more shame in your opinion, men or, or women? Wow, that's an awesome question. Um, hmm. I, 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 I'm putting you on the spot and I, I don't I don't mean to because I'm sure yeah, there hasn't okay. been a survey, survey done based on that, but I'm just based on your anecdotal uh, experience. Yeah. No, I what think you- this is a really fabulous question. And I think that how it shows up that the way that it showed shown up for me and with my clients is that women are more willing to talk about it. So I was going to say men at first, but the thing is, it's not that men or women have more shame than another. It's that women or are more willing to talk about it and are generally more adept at uh, kind of being self-reflective and seeing it and then calling mm-hmm. it out. Whereas for guys, in my experience with my clients, it's been a little bit harder to identify. And then when it does yeah. come up, it feels like a bigger deal yeah. and they don't want to talk about it. Uh, that makes perfect sense. And one of the things we do here on Guys Guys Radio is, you know, there's a lot of guys out there as well as women who are seeking, they're seeking more information or seeking. It, it's, it's hard for men nowadays, I believe, to 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 talk about their feelings or and and this isn't all touchy feely radio. We we we're regular guys. We talk about lots of different things, but it's sometimes it's tough for us 
to go inside because there's so much of expect of us externally and you know what what is a man where we have to yeah. be sensitive but not too sensitive <laughs> and we have to be you know invariably all of the uh, women uh, relationship coaches I have interviewed have said the same thing that women want men to be men in yeah. the best sense of the word so that means that doesn't mean macho it means emotional intelligence it doesn't yeah. mean arrogant it means comfortable in their own skin so it's, yep. it's these, these subtleties that men are dealing with right now and uh whereas women are on this um steady path of long overdue recognition of the achievements and mm-hmm. uh, that they've had and that they are having whereas guys are a little bit well i'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And uh, some women seem to be mad at me because I'm a guy or whatever. And I I think that's overdone in terms of men taking that, I don't want to say too seriously, but taking it too much to heart where they're not being who they are. Because in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, Annie, I think this is the greatest time for men ever. If you are kind of a guy's guy or somebody who is comfortable in their own skin, you have casual confidence, you have integrity, you have emotional intelligence, you have strength, but it's an unassuming type of strength. It's not bully type of strength. And if you can be that type of man, I think women will welcome you and other guys like to hang with you also. Uh, Right on. I couldn't agree with you more. And one of the things I've loved about doing this process with guys is it's really practical. It's not Mm woo-woo. It's not, it's just, it's really practical. And um, the depth that I've seen our male clients go to with it has been really profound. I I couldn't agree with you more. This is, this is the time for guys. It's so good. A little bit more about you, Annie, and this is uh, Annie Anderson as our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, your host here, Robert Manny. Find your soul's agenda, the one word that will make your whole life a success, is you talk about coaching being um, healing, and I think that's, you're the first coach I've had on here who's mentioned that, and I think you're 100% right. Could you elaborate a little bit for us? Yeah, well, I'm a therapist by trade, and it wasn't until I found coaching that I was really able to heal some aspects of my own life that really needed to be tackled. Um, So that's one of the reasons that I say that. I think by the, you know, the coaching paradigm tends to look toward the future where the therapeutic paradigm tends to say, what happened to you? Let's get you back to baseline. But without looking Mm -hmm. forward, I don't think we can really heal the past. Um, At least that's been my experience. Okay. Um, kind of last question. My, my soul, I said my soul's agenda is to feel more, to feel truth. And you say, um, uh, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, as a first step, once you go through the process, it's, it's in the book, Find Your Soul's Agenda, and it's not a difficult process. It's actually, it's fun. And um, you cross out a lot of, you make a list of a lot of feelings, you cross a lot of things out, you get down to one. And then going forward, you say, to keep yourself on track, always ask yourself, what makes me feel more blank, whatever mm-hmm. your word is. And mm-hmm. uh, is that the best way to get, um, to keep yourself on track? And is mm-hmm. that the be- what's the best way to get started? And what's the best way to stay on track? Forgive me, I threw too much at you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's absolutely the best way to get started. And one of the ways you can keep yourself on track is do something really simple like, Put an index card with your word on your refrigerator, in your bathroom, put a reminder on your phone so you're seeing it around your house or three times a day and it just pops up and you go, oh, right, I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be making decisions based on this. And once you start to do it, it'll just Mm -hmm. become a habit. Yeah, that's 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 great. 
Okay. The name of the book is Find Your Soul's Agenda, the one word that will make your whole life a success. I love the idea. I should get a T-shirt that says truth on it, yeah. uh, Annie. And uh, <laughs> fantastic job. Could you please tell everybody where they can find the book and they can learn more about you and the work you do? Sure. It's real easy. www.findyoursoulsagenda.com. Great job. Okay, thank you so much, Annie. Welcome again to Guys Guys Radio and being one of our guests, and hopefully we'll do it again at some point. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Another great set of interviews on Guys Guys Radio. I hope you learned as much as I did from our two guests, Marnie Foyerman, uh, Dr. Marnie Foyerman, and Annie Anderson. So let's talk a little bit about what we may have learned. Uh, in terms of uh, you ladies out there, you have to do some qualifying uh, of your potential partners and, of course, look inside to determine, hey, is this guy, is this guy I've been seeing, is he available? Is he really available for me? Because it seems like from uh, Dr. Foyerman's uh, statistics that uh, if somebody's taken and you're going to take him, it usually doesn't work out. And for guys, hey, do your best to be emotionally, physically available and to be present when you're with your when you're with a woman, okay? That's a real key. My wife told me, pay attention, and that's what I do my best to do, even though she still reminds me uh, once in a while. Uh, in terms of what Annie taught us is, if you go through this process of finding your soul's, uh, soul's agenda, and it's an easy process in her book, um, and you'll get to that one word that really describes what you're all about, if you can stick to that um, and ask yourself every day, every time a big decision comes up, do I want to do this or that, and which decision ties more into who I really am, my truth, if you will, I think you'll be well off and on the right path. So hopefully we both learned a lot today. It's uh, Robert Manny, your host, KCAA's Guys Guys Radio, 106.5, 102.3, 10 FM, 1050 AM, every Wednesday evening at 8 PM Pacific time. We're also on TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It all started with my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love. You can pick that up on Amazon. I've got over 300 blog posts at robertmanni.com. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you are looking for Guys Guys Radio and you can't find it on Spotify or iHeartRadio, put in the word show, Guys Guys Radio Show, and you should get it. Anyhow, all of our podcasts are free, and you can download over 360 of them and listen whenever you want. So thanks so much for being on the show with me, and I really respect uh, your, my audience and I really enjoy doing the show and I look forward to being with you again next week and until then like I always like to say guys guys finish first <laughs>